Oh yeah, real lifers, citizens of the world. Welcome to the Real Life Global Movement, where our mission is to inspire, empower, and connect the world through English. We believe that English should be a fun and enriching part of your life that you can practice and enjoy whenever and wherever you want. Are you tired of boring lessons that suck the life out of your learning? Are you ready to step up your game and become a kick-ass English speaker? Well, we're here to guide and inspire you on your journey to true lifelong fluency. It's time to stop just learning English and start living it. Can again, aw oh, yeah? Oh yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from all around the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, effective, and stupendous way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to us while you're stuck in traffic. Riding the bus, juggling some watermelons, or even while you're in a water balloon fight. Oh yeah, I'm joined here in the virtual studio with the man who wears sunglasses so that his eyes won't hurt the sun, Justin Murray. <laughs> What is up?、Um, yeah, that's actually true. I'm wearing them right now. And... <laughs> Your future's so bright that you gotta wear shades, right? You got it, man. Or, What does that mean? Your future is so bright is the way we, we say that you, you know, you're you're gonna be successful. You have a very optimistic future. And shades? What does that mean? Shades or sunglasses. So it's kind of、uh, using that that expression and saying that you're gonna have such a successful future. It's so bright that you need sunglasses to avoid hurting your eyes from it. But, Or、uh, you're 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 so white, <laughs> so white. You're so pale、Tasty、that、white. your your、uh, skin creates a sort of reflection effect. Yeah. Okay. So we said pale, pasty. So, I think like they're they have a slightly different connotation. Although I would say they're synonyms. So pale just means that you have fair skin. It's the opposite of tan, which would be kind of like darker skin. And、uh, you said pasty, which I think of as kind of、uh, like pale, but like in an unattractive way, like very, very white, unhealthy. If you said that about someone's skin, at least.、Mm -hmm. I'm just kidding, Ethan. You're you're tanned, very dark. <laughs> Got the Spanish olive skin going. <laughs> Not really, because I spend all my day on my computer. So the only tanning I get is from my computer screen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are back into. Another stupendous, as Justin said, step of the real life way. This week we are in step three, which is another very exciting part. I'd say every part is pretty thrilling, but this week we're talking about native-like English and why is it important to speak like a native, or maybe why it's not important to speak like a native. Yeah, so I definitely think like Ethan in this way. A lot of people come and they say, "What do you want to do with your English?" Oh, I want to speak with like a native. A lot of people really think this is、uh, they want to be the Michael Jordan of English <laughs> learners, and that the only way to be successful is to speak like a native. But then when you ask them and really start have to have a conversation with them about it, you realize that's not what they really want. It's just kind of the idea that was planted in their head. So we're going to break this down. It's not that speaking like a native is bad, or that speaking native-like or striving in that direction isn't、um, going to help you because it will. But I think a lot of people just have kind of misconceptions about it. And so there's the truth, and then there's the myth about this. 
For sure. But before we get too ahead of ourselves, maybe we should just do a quick review about what is the real life way, the three promises we have for these guys, and a quick overview of what we have covered so far. So we're on step three, and this is the fourth podcast on this, but so reviewing what we've covered so far, the first one is promise that we make with real life ways to inspire you to awaken the determination that you need to realize your true potential, not only as an English learner, but as a human being. And this is so important because who you are, your discipline, your determination, this is really the foundation of your entire process. And this lesson definitely falls within is that we will empower you to build the strategies, skills, and courage that you need to step outside the classroom into the real world and not just learn English, but to live it. Last week, we talked about, you know, making English part of your life, stepping outside of the classroom, you know, enjoying it, making it fun, natural, convenient, effective. But today we're going to get more into the mechanics of it. Like, What does it mean to be native like in your English, to understand native English? Just so important for you to fully realize your potential as an English learner. You need to understand natives. You need to, you can, if you'd like, imitate them become more native-like, well, that's not completely necessary. And the final step, which we'll cover in the lessons to come, is that we will connect you to a world beyond borders, a global consciousness community, and a realization of the fact that no matter what divides us, that which unites us is far greater. First, before we roll into today's core lesson, we're going to do a shout-out to one of our listeners and a member of the Fluency Circle. So what is the Fluency Circle? For those that don't know, the Fluency Circle is our community of learners and students who use Real Life English courses, who we try to help them in a more personal way with their learning, but we also put them together to help them glimpse that global perspective that we talk about all the time. Exactly. And it's a pretty cool group to be a part of because... We constantly are, uh, I would just say, from my own perspective, that it's pretty great just seeing good morning every day from people every time zone around the world and just getting uh, so much sharing and culture and insights from people from Russia, from Poland, from Brazil, from the U.S., from Argentina. It's like we've got uh, people that are coming from virtually every corner of the world, so it's definitely a lot of fun. And uh, if you're interested in it, then we would highly recommend that you check out some of the resources we are going to be sharing uh, during this podcast so that you can learn a bit more about that and, and how you might become a part of it. Yeah. So not only are you supporting us and this, this project and the things that we're building, but you get lifetime membership to this awesome community. And Diego has been part of this for Diego Davi has been part of this for a couple of years. And he's I think he started listening to the podcast right from the beginning. When we were really small. He's always been giving us feedback, always letting us know when a link is broken something, <laughs> something's going on i don't know and anyway so i have a relatively constant dialogue with him and he got in contact with me a few weeks ago and i just asked him about how he thinks the podcast is going if he has any feedback for us and this is his response here so he says so in my mind it's kick-ass as usual I really enjoyed when you guys started doing it in a free, uncut way. What speaks to me is the fact that you guys approach all the points which are fundamental for anyone who's learning a language like pronunciation, culture, vocabulary. In a nutshell, I definitely feel inspired, connected to the world, and empowered. I really owe you guys big, and I carry the real-life methodology around with me wherever I go to spread it, to empower my students the same way as I was inspired. Wow. That's a pretty awesome message from Diego. I was, I was really happy to hear that. And Diego, all I have to say is, oh, yeah, 
Really appreciate that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I always love seeing that uh, teachers are just kind of like spreading the love, you know, paying it forward. What does uh, paying it forward mean? Paying it forward is like when, when you're given something, usually out of the generosity of somebody else, without obligation, you give it to somebody else. It kind of keeps things moving forward in like a natural, organic way. Yeah. I like the way you said it, generosity. It's almost like a cycle of, of generosity. Yeah. And a lot of you listeners have been very generous with us with sharing, with giving us like iTunes reviews, with just saying hi and really supporting us, encouraging us, keep transforming, reinventing ourselves to make this better and better. And Diego has been one of those people. He's awesome English speaker, awesome teacher, always striving to get better and better, and he's helping us get better. Yeah. So before we jump into the main topic, one final thing, we're going to share our quote of the day. Ethan chose this one. So why don't you share it, Ethan? It's a very simple one. Strive for progress, not perfection. So the reason I chose this one, strive for progress, not perfection, is because it goes very well with today's topic. I hear a lot from English learners, people that write us, my students even, that say like, oh, I want to speak perfect like a native. And it's kind of a misconception that natives speak perfectly. No one speaks perfectly. You know, it's unattainable. And it's not a good goal to have anyway, because if your goal is to speak perfectly, then every time you make a mistake, every time you fall down, every time that you have less than perfect English, you're going to maybe want to give up. It's not going to be very motivating. So if you strive for progress, and strive means that you're continuing towards an objective. So if you strive for progress rather than perfection, then your goal is just every day, I'm just going to try to get a little bit better, just a little bit better. And every day, if you're doing that, over time, you're going to see like eventually you're going to have that really fluent, really confident and fulfilling English that you're after. So I would say it's a great short quote to roll into today's topic. Keep that in mind that you need to strive for progress and not perfection with your English. Just one thing I wanted to add to that is I see a lot of people say like, you know, I don't really speak that much because I'm a perfectionist. You know, <laughs> it's like I always laugh because it's, it's an oxymoron. What yeah. is an oxymoron? It's, it's something that it's like contradictory. So it means that kind of you have two things that oppose each other. So a couple examples of oxymorons are, for example, an open secret. If it's a secret, it's not open. And if it's open, it's not a secret, right? <laughs> or like the living dead. So if you're dead, you can't be living. But if you're living, you can't be dead, right? Yeah, that's perfect. a perfect example of uh, oxymoron. So uh -huh. that said, uh, you guys are all ready to strive for progress and not perfection. Let's roll into today's topic and discover some native-like English. Okay, so one of the main problems to start off with is that people tend to perceive English through the lens or the filter of your native language. So you kind of translate in your head. So you're looking at English and you're seeing the words, you're hearing the sounds that you learned in the grammar books or kind of that robotic mechanical English and, and your perception is not really open to the way that natives really speak. To start with, we always teach people, we try to help people kind of throw out out that lens, those glasses for English, that translating in your head and start to see the way the natives really speak, how we cut, connect, and reduce our words. You know, you can speak like a native, you can learn to imitate these sounds, but above all, it's important to be able to understand natives because if you can understand natives, if you can learn to understand natives, this is going to open your perception to an entirely new world of media. And this is important because it's much easier to really start to to live English like we keep talking about instead of studying it because if you can understand natives you can watch TV shows, movies, listen to podcasts like this one, 
and be learning and enjoying at the same time. This is really important to be able to understand natives. And the core to this, most important thing is connected speech. What is connected speech, Ethan? Connected speech is a tendency in English to sometimes to cut a certain word and to reduce another word. And what happens when we do this is that they kind of like mash together. They attach to each other so that you'll get things like, what do you want to do today? We don't actually say it like that most of the time. We say, what do you want to do today? What do you want to do today? Oh yeah, Real Lifers, Justin here again for a quick announcement brought to you by the Real Life Native Immersion Course, a powerful, practical 41-week immersion experience where Ethan, Chad, and I, your fluency guides, help you not only decipher and understand fast-speaking natives like us, but also to use and infuse native English into your everyday life, together with the principles of the Real Life Way, making English fluency a fun, natural, convenient, and deliberate part of your everyday life. If you like these episodes, you are going to love the Real Life Native Immersion Course, which takes the listening and learning experience to a completely new level. We'll share some more information at the end of this podcast, and you can learn more at www.reallifeglobal.com immersion. That's I-M-M-E-R-S-I-O-N. But before we get back to today's podcast, I want to quickly share some comments from a few Real Life Native Immersion students. Marta Sala from Spain wrote us an email a while back saying, I've been enjoying all the lessons. I always wondered how the hell you can do such great work every week. You can tell it's a really well-crafted material and I really appreciate it. Every item, every section, so useful. It's not easy to find this quality out there. And after finishing the course, Pierre Paquette from France said, I was very sad when I finished the Real Life Native Immersion course. Each week I was looking forward to hearing and reading the new lesson. My English improved so fast, it took a new step, and I acquired the confidence that I needed to speak. Aw yeah, thank you for your nice words, Marta and Pierre. Now let's get back to this episode of The Real Life Way. And I think that this can be very startling, very shocking for many English learners because they've always been taught in school, what do you want to do today? So then a native comes along and says, what do you want to do today? And they like, it sounds like Chinese to them. <laughs> it's interesting. You said, what do you? In two seasons of, of analyzing like every line of Friends TV show, mm-hmm. we realized the most common sound was what do you? Because what do you, an interesting side note is that we use this for different conjugations. Like, what do you mean? What mm-hmm. are you doing? What have you been doing? They're all three different verb tenses, but it's what do you mean? What are you doing? What have you been doing? So what have you, what do you, and what are you all become what do you? So that's mm-hmm. pretty, it's pretty crazy stuff when you start to think about it, the English, we're reducing our words in all these ways. So I know that probably sounds like really maybe advanced and complicated for you right now. But the more that you start to slow things down and and look at it, you realize that uh, this can be really helpful. And there are a series of patterns that we teach at Real Life English with the different courses and these lessons. And we'll share a couple different resources with you about this. First, right now we want to go into, we're going to do a little bit of a lesson, actually. So we're going to mimic or imitate our format for Learn English with TV series. We have a channel on YouTube and we make these videos and we basically break down we analyze like short scenes, really short, engaging scenes, funny scenes usually, and we show you how natives really speak. So right now we're going to sh- show you or, or let you listen to a one minute clip from a friend's scene. And we just want to get you to try your best to understand. And maybe you're going to have problems. There might be gaps. 
but then we're going to explain it, teach you all of these important things with vocabulary, connected speech, pronunciation, and a little bit of grammar. And then we're going to let you listen to it again, just to sort of show you what we're talking about. So let's roll oh, this yeah. scene. No, that's good. Okay. All right, Phoebe. Okay, okay. If I were omnipotent for a day, I would want um, world peace, no more hunger, good things for the rainforest, and bigger boobs. Um, so you took mine. <laughs> Chandler, what about you? Uh, if I were omnipotent for a day, I'd make myself omnipotent forever. <laughs> See, there's always one guy. If I had a wish, I'd wish for three more wishes. <laughs> Hey, Joey. Hey, buddy. Hey, Joey, what would you do if you were omnipotent? Probably kill myself. <laughs> Excuse me? Hey, if little Joey's dead, then I got no reason to live. <laughs> Joey, uh, omnipotent. You are? <laughs> okay, so definitely a lot going on there. As we said, we're going to explain... The vocab, pronunciation, and a little bit of grammar. So, Mr. V, Mr. Vocabulary, why don't you go through the <laughs> vocabulary and help us understand that? Sure. Let's do this. So, let me just shoot these off. So, the first one, omnipotent, which the pronunciation of this is also a little bit important. So, listen to how I said that. Omnipotent, meaning all-powerful. Boobs is slang for women's breast. What about you is a way to ask someone to give their opinion or their idea about something that has already been said. So, for example, I could say, I'm from the United States. What about you? The next one is a wish, which is a deep desire, something that you want to be a reality, but it is not. And the last one is little Joey. So with this term, it could either be talking about a child or in this case, it's actually Joey's way of referring to his genitals. <laughs> so... You need to be, I guess, a little bit careful with the context of that term. Okay, and there's sort of like a little bit of a pronunciation, vocabulary thing. So when Ross says at the end, Joey, omnipotent. And what does Joey say? <laughs> so Joey understood, I'm impotent, which means that I am basically unable to get an erection, that you, can, you can't have sex because you're, you're uh, <laughs> unable to perform. Okay, so moving into some of the pronunciation here. So, first of all, a very common pattern in connected speech is, you know, would you? He says, what would you do? What would you? So most people expect a native speaker to say, what would you? But anytime you have the D, the end of a word, like would, could, did, and followed by a U, or a Y sound, sorry, that is often in these pronouns, it becomes a J sound. So what would you do? It's, it, this is also common in like, you know, did you? Did you? How did you know? Where did you go? Which can also be reduced to where did you go? How did you know? That's, that's one tendency here. Another thing that happens is Rachel says, instead of if I had a wish, she says, Vida wish, Vida wish. And she actually reduces the F to a V and then the H is removed, which is very common. Vida wish. And the final thing that I wanted to cover about pronunciation here, we often say, we don't say probably, that's three syllables, right? Probably. Mm -hmm. We often say probably, two syllables, right? Mm -hmm. That's even reduced to probably. We often say probably. <laughs> so we cover this more in depth in the, in the video from Learning English with TV. And the final thing that I wanted to share here is the conditional for, because they're talking about, you know, if you were omnipotent for a day, what would you do? 
So we're using the second conditional here to express an imaginary situation and its result. So the if part of the situation, if you were, is conjugated in the past. And the result, which I would, if I were, you, I would, that's the result part. So if I spoke Japanese, I would go to Japan. If I lived by the sea, I would surf. But we cover this more in depth in the video, in the Learning English TV video. It's a rockin' video. We're gonna link this on the show notes. What's the show notes, Ethan? What page? You're gonna go to reallifeglobal.com slash native. N-A-T-I-V-E. We're gonna give you one more chance to listen to this after the lesson, and we encourage you to go watch the video, but it will make sense with just the audio here as well. So give it a listen. Oh, that's Okay, okay. If I were omnipotent for a day, I would want um, world peace, no more hunger, good things for the rainforest, and bigger boobs. Um, so you took mine. <laughs> Chandler, what about you? Uh, if I were omnipotent for a day, I'd make myself omnipotent forever. <laughs> See, there's always one guy. If I had a wish, I'd wish for three more wishes. <laughs> Hey, Joey. Hey, buddy. Hey, Joey, what would you do if you were omnipotent? Probably kill myself. <laughs> Excuse me? Hey, if little Joey's dead, then I got no reason to live. <laughs> Joey, uh, omnipotent. You are? <laughs> oh, yeah, that is a great scene. Makes me laugh every time I watch it, actually. We have a ton of really awesome content teaching connected speech, teaching native pronunciation, native vocabulary, cultural notes, grammar notes, just like this lesson on our Learn English with TV channel. And also, for listeners of this podcast, we have a, an episode that we included a power lesson for. Basically, the transcript and a breakdown of the entire lesson in which we explain all of these, these rules of connected speech much more in depth. So on the show notes on reallifeglobal.com slash native, you can find a download to that link and a 10 power lesson package for learning English with TV. We're going to give you all this so you can dive into this and binge on native connected speech and all of these things that we teach so you can really get a full perspective. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, now that you guys have gotten a little sneak peek into how important understanding natives can be uh we are going to jump into a little bit more about discovering native like english yeah so this is goes back to the idea of like you know listening versus speaking so a lot of people you know in the comments on these videos we always say like yes it's important to understand natives because it opens it opens your ears up to the entire world of media you don't need to speak like natives but it's important to understand them and so this is really important for understanding natives you don't need to speak with connected speech and you know say probably or probably or <laughs> all these other things you know we're not actually saying that you should speak this way and to some degree i mean it's absolutely necessary to understand it, but to another degree, it's, it can be helpful to use it in your speaking as well. So talking about speaking, when should you sound like a native speaker, Ethan? Or should we? I think that it is, it's definitely a kind of a controversial issue. I think that if you're just starting out, it is much more important that you understand it and that you're able to speak clearly and 
confidently, of course, which we're going to talk about more in, in step four. But I think in the very beginning, your biggest goal should not be to sound like a native. It should be to be understood. If you can be understood, you can clearly make uh, all your ideas known in English and you can get out of the habit of translating from your native language, then you're going to be in a really terrific place with your English. You know, if you're using a lot of native resources, like you're watching TV series, you're listening to podcasts, you're listening to music, so you're picking up on a lot of how we naturally speak with the resources we had talked about in last week's, um, in, the, in the previous step, in step two, you're just going to start, you, you will start just kind of unconsciously putting a lot of these tools to use. And then when you get to a little bit more advanced level, where you can confidently understand how natives speak and how natives do this, and you really have the desire to speak like a native, then you could come and really focus in on how to implement it in your own speaking more. Yeah, I would say I'd agree with everything you said there. I think it's sort of like a spectrum. I think it's it's useful to think about it like, okay, on one end, I'm, I'm speaking enough that people understand me, right? But on the other end, you sound like a native. So at what point do you want to do you want to be towards like native like speech? Because I think if you can speak more like a native, you're able to, I think, connect with people in a deeper way. I think you're able to really increase your fluency. People maybe need to pay less attention to understand you. People mm -hmm. need to concentrate less. A lot of times, maybe people will ask you to repeat less. Maybe you'll seem like you're more part of the culture as well. So, I mean, there definitely are benefits to sounding like a native, more like a native. But start with being understood, move more and more toward native-like speech, if you'd like. Yeah. And I would say in parallel to what you just said, I, you should also think about with this, what do you need your English for? Like, who do you need to communicate with? Because say that you need, you really need English for your job. And in your job, you experience talking to people from a lot of parts of the world. So not just native speakers, then you might not want to implement too many of these because, you know, maybe someone, let's say you're from Brazil and you ha you end up having like really native speech. You're using a lot of this, a lot of these tools, but then, you know, maybe you're speaking to people from like France and Germany and China and they might not understand what you're saying. You need to think about that. Like, who are you using it with? And kind of manipulate your speech depending on that. So, uh, and maybe you don't even want to really implement a lot of these native speech tools if you're not going to be using it with native speakers as much. Yeah, I would say probably a lot of people, probably a lot of people <laughs> that are listening here maybe have a difficult time understanding me. I think maybe the way I speak and cutting my words. The other point I wanted to make is that when you are learning, and I think it's important to imitate even from day one. So when you hear, you know, Joey say or whatever, you know, what would you do? If you can actually imitate and say, what would you do? Imitate at home. What would you do? It's important because this opens up your hearing as well. Because if, if you can say it, you can hear it a lot better. Just recognizing that it exists. It's good to at least understand it, to be able to say it. And in some sense, it's sort of like a workout, I think. Mm -hmm. if, you can, if you can actually imitate a native speaker saying this in songs and TV shows, it's a good workout for your English. And it will make your English more flexible, more native-like in some sense. And, and you can maybe more naturally speak like this when the situation arises that's appropriate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would, I definitely agree with you. I think that um, a lot of people kind of avoid doing this for several reasons. I think first off that people have, when they learned English in school, they are very used to learning by like reading and by hearing basically, you know, recorded tapes, which say, what do you want to do today? And so it's like, you've always heard, what do you want to do today? Not what do you want to do today? 
and it can be it can be kind of like shocking to people if they've just been reading all the time that that's not how English is actually spoke spoken. So you know it's not really your fault that the traditional teaching methods do not teach this. So you're not really prepared for it. But I think a lot of people too, they start to get kind of a mentality that it feels uncomfortable to imitate native speakers, the way that native speakers will say things. And so they completely avoid it altogether just to avoid that kind of awkward feeling of, of not sounding natural, of even maybe wanting to hold on to the way that they would say it in their language because they, it's, it can feel kind of like awkward and uncomfortable to open up your mouth and, and try to manipulate it to pronounce things more like a native would or to imitate the, the flow of how a native would, the, the rhythm and flow of how a native would say things. So yeah, that awkwardness, that resistance. So what do we recommend? Take the bull by the horns. Hit it head on. <laughs> what does this mean, Ethan? Mr. Take B? It basically means be proactive, uh, face it head on, face your fear. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to give you just a couple of really quick techniques before we wrap up and end this show of how you can do this. You know, as you go along and listen to our resources and, you know, like learning TV series and especially that lesson, how to revolutionize your English with podcasts, we explain more in depth. But just to give you a couple of tips here. So the first thing is imitating TV shows. If you're watching when natives are speaking, just imitate stop and imitate like ethan just said you know what do you want to do repeat this is one thing i think recording yourself is really good as well but just getting used to speaking speak as much as you can even with yourself with your dog with your friends whoever natives non-natives open your mouth and speak another way to do this is like music music is really awesome i think rap music is particularly powerful for this singing along songs yeah there's one episode that we taught an eminem song right mm -hmm. And yeah. I use that, that exercise all the time with my students, and some of them feel very awkward with it, but most of them find it extremely valuable. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And some of the best speakers in the world, like I've met, that really sound like native-like, truly native-like, they learn through rap music. Yeah. So pretty powerful stuff. Yeah, so definitely um, some of the best speakers that I've met, they're also somehow, they, they really love listening to music, or even they are musicians. And I think that singing, singing helps you to like exaggerate and pick up on that rhythm. I definitely know like rap, rap really is a good way of presenting the rhythm of English, which is like that kind of da-dum, 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 da-dum. But if you hate rap, if you can't listen to rap, that doesn't mean like ignore music altogether, listen to something. That is really important. The rhythm and flow that really form the base of how native speakers speakers speak the patterns and you can study that and learn and we talk a lot about this and content and function words for example and some of those ninja strategies for pronunciation go back and listen to there's an episode we did with rachel from rachel's english she's somebody we've learned a lot from definitely a master of pronunciation so this is something we've tried to integrate into what we're doing and i would also i'll put this in the show notes there's since we're mentioning rachel there's a exercise that i make all my students do that is from her called the ben franklin exercise where you take a you you take a section of speech from a native speaker and you really break down the intonation, the rhythm, the stressed syllables. This helps you to really start like analyzing the speech to pay more attention to how natives are speaking. So if that is a goal of yours, this exercise you will find extremely valuable and it'll give you more of that analytic mindset for the subtleties of speech. And that's essentially what we're doing on the Learn English with TV series channel as well. And, and also the how to revolutionize your English with podcasts lesson. Anyways, we covered a lot today. So just going back, just doing a quick review of what we covered today. You don't need to sound like a native. Native-like English, it's a question. It's, it's like, do you really want to speak like a native? I mean, do, you don't need to be perfect. Start where you're at. Strive for progress, not perfection. Don't be a perfectionist. And just start speaking. 
Strive to be understood first. And as you go along, don't be afraid of imitating natives. Really try to get to that point where you can understand natives. Recognize that the way that you learn English or that filter through which you are viewing English, which is usually your native language, that that you can't trust that. You need to transcend that and start to see English as it is. If you can do that, this is really, really going to help you get to the point where you can understand a whole world of media that you didn't understand before. And that is going to be huge for your entire process. And just uh, based on one thing that you said there in the review, don't use the excuse that you need to talk to a native speaker because for many reasons, it can be difficult to find a native to practice with. So if you don't have a native speaker who is available to talk to you, that shouldn't be your excuse. Speak by yourself, as Justin was saying, speak to your dog. Uh, speak and just like try to start thinking in English and find other people who are learning and, and propose to them to practice together. So avoid those, those excuses. And next week, we will be talking about this a little bit more. We're going to be jumping into courage, why courage and confidence are really important for your communication. And we're going to give you some tips on how to do this. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about why most people are very shy, very scared to speak in another language, in a language that they're not yet comfortable with. And we're just going to show you why communicating courageously is so crucial if you want to be fluent. So we're really excited for that episode. That is one of my favorite topics. It's something that I complete. I am always drilling with my my own students. So I look forward to sharing some of my insights with you guys next week. And I would love to hear what some of you think. So uh, as we said before, feel free to reach out, leave us a review on iTunes, and we look forward to connecting with you guys again next week. Aw yeah, this is Justin back with another quick message from the Real Life Native Immersion Course. If you enjoyed step three of the Real Life Way about discovering native English, you're gonna love the Real Life Native Immersion Course, which takes the ideas presented in today's lesson to an entirely new and practical level, giving you the chance to understand, use, and infuse native English into your everyday life. The Real Life Native Immersion Course is a 41-week fluency journey where we send to your email a new lesson on a new topic every single week. Each lesson contains three pillar components. The first is a 30-minute MP3 audio lesson podcast, which you can listen to whenever and wherever you want. For example, stuck in traffic, while exercising, in a line at the bank, or walking the dog. Second, we provide a PDF power lesson for each and every episode, containing what can only be described as a super-powered transcript, which is why we call it a power lesson, because in every single lesson there's a beautifully designed column next to the transcript, analyzing and deciphering hundreds of crucial native vocabulary items, pronunciation, and cultural notes, including phrasal verbs, idioms, and slang, with pictures to help you memorize it all. Plus, we identify and break down all the most important native connected speech patterns as you have been learning all about today. So you can study the way that natives really speak and start to decipher exactly when we cut, connect, and blend our words, empowering you to understand and even imitate us. And third, every week you get an Anki vocabulary flashcard lesson with the 20 most important expressions and audio recorded by Ethan, utilizing cutting-edge space repetition memory technology, helping you systematically learn new vocabulary in a way that is scientifically proven to maximize the short-term and long-term retention of new information. 
In this nine and a half month course, you will receive a total of 1,558 pages, PDF power lessons, meticulously analyzing over 24 hours of spoken native English, referencing over 9,000 items of connected speech pronunciation, vocabulary, and cultural expressions, plus 820 Anki vocabulary flashcards. And we haven't even talked about the Fluency Circle community yet. Our global community of English learning all-stars from the four corners of the planet, which you get lifetime access to. You can learn more about the Real Life Native Immersion course at www.reallifeglobal.com immersion. That's I-M-M-E-R-S-I-O-N. Or click on the link you received at the bottom of the email or the transcript page. Talk to you soon. Aw oh, yeah.